0: Thanks for listening to a Breakfast podcast. Tune in live every Saturday morning from 7 till 9 on Joy 94.9. You're listening to Breakfast on Joy 94.9 and this morning we're talking with Brisbane author Nick Earls about his new novel, The True Story of Butterfish. So Nick, you mentioned earlier that the lead character Curtis is in a band and I wondered if Curtis's rock star life correlated with your grade 12 fantasy of being a singing superstar.
1: <laughs> it sounds as though you're entirely too aware of my grade 12 fantasy of being a singing <laughs> (laughs) superstar well look I do admit that when I was when I was in grade 12 uh, like a lot of us I have these I had those kind of desirability issues and I thought what can I do to to make the girls want me a lot (laughs) and that looked like the obvious course of action Mm -hmm. so bought myself a uh, $40 acoustic guitar and the Hal Leonard one chord a day plan book (laughs) and for eight days taught myself eight chords but by the end of that, Hal and I, not on the same page, right. not working, thrashing away at a few cords in the bedroom, not doing so well, um, members of my family going, you have to shut the door, and then please only do that when we're not in the house. And I thought, but how are people going to love me if this <laughs> never leaves my bedroom? So for a while, the career was on ice. Yes. And I had to become a novelist, but uh, not a bad backup option, though. No. Happy with that choice. Novelist is good. But, yeah, from time to time, the songwriting side of it surfaced over the years. So by the late 1980s, I uh, had a girlfriend who was a singer. And, and a songwriter as well And she's, she's gone on to do some great things she, uh, she lives in New York now And interestingly she's recorded a lot of voiceover stuff She's maybe the only Australian female voiceover mm. person in New York Which meant that when they needed a female voice for satellite navigation systems ah. And for Telstra text messages to landlines They use her voice Right. Which means anytime I hear sat-nav, <laughs> it's Karen's voice And now now that she knows that Telstra uses that uh, Last week she sent me a text message to my landline and <laughs> spoke it in her own voice Which is really impressive
0: That's cool, because huh? yeah. I've got a satnav and and I've got it set to the Australian female And it's called Karen It's
1: called Karen, that's her, that's Karen, Karen Jacobson is her name So Karen and I wrote songs years ago and wanted to really make it as a songwriting team and the closest we got was through some connections we went to London and had had some meetings there and I remember one of them where we went into one of the biggest music publishing companies in the world and thought this is it we're just going to totally break through in this place and uh, we were led down and deep into the bowels of the building into an office that was like miles away from the (laughs) nearest window and spent 45 minutes with a man in a kind of denim suit and red shoes who had just signed Zig Zig Sputnik (laughs) and I think paid them like millions of pounds, apparently based on not audio, but a video where they were wearing big fluoro mohawks and then they recorded a song called Love Missile (laughs) F-111, which had its moments but things didn't really work out so well there in terms of recouping the advance so by the time I met him he was in the windowless room with a fair bit of time to spend <laughs> with people and it was a very interesting meeting he he played our stuff uh and he went you know you know it's good but it's not great it's not great I you know if you were loving this if you were loving this i would be seeing it i would be seeing it now you'd be moving It'd be like moving in your seat like this, and he would start moving around a bit. You know, you got to do that. Next time you got meetings with people, you know they want to see you love it. You want to see you, If you don't love your own stuff, who's going to love it? Don't sit there like scarecrows. Let's see a bit of movement. Let's see a bit of dancing <laughs> in the seat. All right, but uh, yeah, it's good, but it's not great. Let me send you some great stuff. And we thought, what's going to happen? Thinking he's not going to do anything. A few days later, in the mail, we got a tape, and he, we'd we'd and when we'd been there with him, we'd said, "What do you do with all the demo tapes that come in?" Because he played our tape, and he said, this, "No, he said this is the way to do it. If you've got an in the way you guys had, you sit with someone and you make sure they play the tape while you're there, because otherwise, it never gets listened to." And I said, "What do you do with all these thousands of tapes you get a year?" And he said, "We look at them, and if they're if they're not particularly high quality tapes, uh, we." throw them in the bin but if they're a good chrome tape uh we tape over them for our own use <laughs> and we never listen to what's on there and so that's what happened to 5,000 demo tapes a year or something heartbreaking isn't it yeah so a few days later at the flat we were staying at in London a package arrives and in it is a chrome tape that's been taped over and it, on the label crossed out all the other stuff's crossed out and it just says great songs and we played it and there was a bunch of songs on there and every one of them was, was written by Todd Rundgren and I just thought, okay, so we can't write great songs because we're not Todd Rundgren. <laughs> so I had that songwriting experience and um, then wrote jingles for radio and TV and that kind of thing for a while. But then suddenly people started buying my novels, which was just great. Mm. And as a strange spin off from that, as I think you're aware, I ended up doing a rather unusual spoken word electronic CD yes. 10 years ago. I
0: was going to ask, it's been 10 years since you were uh, on the stage at Livid with the tour. I was wondering if there's going to be a reunion.
1: <laughs> Get the band back together. I mean, Livid's not gig. on. But no, Livid's not on. But <laughs> I didn't think you were going to mention that. Next, you're going to be telling me you were there. But um, I, I think that if the second gig of your career... Is a major outdoor festival where your name ends up on the T-shirt with the offspring powder finger and garbage and you know you're a bit crap, that's the time to quit. Yeah. So I retired after livid with my name (laughs) on the T-shirt, having done one bad gig at a small venue in, in Brisbane and then got up on the big stage in front of the sea of people and chanced my arm at Livid with a rather crazy band of talented people Mm. who knew what they were doing and were happy to tolerate me for 20 minutes.
0: Of course, we're talking about the album 10 Things You Should Know About Sex.
1: I'm glad to have the chance to explain myself, Mm. Beck, on that one. Yes. What happened was I got an email from someone I didn't know uh, saying that he wanted to put together a spoken word electronic album and he was looking to get pieces from different writers just the text from different writers and then he'd send it off to people and they would do the the musical side of it and i thought well you know why not and i sent him a few pieces and he i heard nothing for weeks and i thought okay kind of embarrassing they're all wrong obviously nothing's going to happen and then he eventually got back to me and said thanks for that uh we've decided to use all of them and we've got people doing all the music and when can you come in and do your vocals
0: right and by the
1: time I got there he was referring to it as your album I was going not my album you know I'm the guy who's giving you like 300 (laughs) words and someone else but no by then it was my album and one of the pieces I'd sent him was a writers festival piece I'd done I think for a writers festival in Perth which was on how to write a sex scene without writing a bodice ripper so I thought i do a checklist, which I did. That's what I did for the festival. So I had this 10-point checklist of things that would warn you if you'd slipped over into Bodice Ripper territory and needed to pull back. So that's how it ended up being called 10 Things You Should Know About Sex. It was actually, yes, how to write a sex scene.
0: Right. So I wonder if there are groups of disappointed people out there that thought that this was a, a self-help CD
1: Well, I like to think that there are a lot of life lessons on there as well. And should those people be having issues both with, say, sex and writing fiction, at least I can cover one of those bases.
0: They got it half right. Yeah. Fair enough. You're listening to Breakfast on Joy 94.9, and this morning we're talking to Australian author Nick Earls, but don't get too excited. We're not going to play a track from his album. Instead, we'll listen to the band that has influenced the sound of the novel, The Go-Betweens, with Streets of Your Town. Thanks for listening to a Breakfast podcast. Tune in live every Saturday morning from 7 till 9 on Joy 94.9. Thanks for listening to another Joy podcast, brought to you by Australia's LGBTQIA plus community media organisation, Joy.